What up, lions? Welcome back to another episode of The Humble Lion. We got Alex with us in studio today. Hey. What's up? Today, we're talking about anxiety and depression. I always These are my favorite topics to talk about because this is why I started the podcast. I honestly don't feel like you can talk enough about these topics um, because every person has a different perspective to bring and different stories to share. So I'm really, really, really grateful that you are here wanting to open up about yourself and share your story about this. So For sure. thank you. Absolutely, of course. When did this start? This journey of like, did it hit you all at once? Anxiety, depression, boom, like a freaking rock? What? It did. It was, it was a crazy kind of experience. And, you know, everyone knows what it's like to feel sad. You know, everyone experiences that in their life. But I feel like, t- like anxiety and depression just take it to a whole whole nother level um and I remember uh, it was when I was in journalism school it was we went to school together by the way exactly yeah J school yeah so we were about midway through um I was in my second year and it was in the winter um and I should probably premise this by saying uh, I was a hockey coach for like eight years okay so um at this time I was coaching um my girls and they are between 14 to 17 years old. Okay. Um, and it was just an exhibition game. We were going to a local arena and, and whatnot. And I immediately, like, we were behind the bench. All of a sudden, I was like, I feel, like, tightness in my chest. Out of nowhere. Completely out of nowhere. And then it started to get worse and worse. And my vision just started going blurry. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? So... I, I asked my coach if I can excuse myself and like he was my second father so like he was kind of worried he was like all right sure so I ran outside in like the middle of a Montreal winter and you and I both know that's yeah. like minus 40 weather yeah and I just fell to the ground wow. I I fell to the ground and I just I couldn't breathe and I couldn't see and I was like am I having a heart attack like yes, what is yes, going on yes, yes. so I had my um my car keys and I went into my car and I just started screaming like at the top of my lungs crying screaming I, like everything just seemed like I was I was gonna die like that's what yeah. it really feels like it just feels like you're you're gonna melt away it's into nothing end. yeah and my mom and dad were in the audience and and they saw me run out and my mom was like are you okay and she saw it, like I was just like a mess so she's like I'm gonna take you home so we drove home and that entire night, um, I didn't sleep and I was just telling them like, it just, it all seems like it's just too much. You know, like I, I was in school full time, taking a full course load. I was working about 30 hours a week on top of coaching this team that travels all over Quebec. So it was a lot, you know, and I felt really lonely because I wasn't with anybody at the time. And I felt like I was just doing things for everyone else. And I wasn't doing anything for myself. And I was like, I don't even know if I want to be in school anymore. You know, like, it's just like, it's all just coming to this huge boiling point And I can't seem to find a means to an end. So I'm like rattling this off to my parents. And my mom stayed with me the whole night. Because like, I just couldn't sleep. And I was just crying the entire time. So yeah. you, okay, when I was doing, um, okay, let me also say, your experience that you just described, yeah. I just went through two weeks ago. And it's insane to hear that panic attacks manifest the same way the, to the point where you think that you're going to freaking die. Yeah. And I was doing research because I was very curious to see what is the cause of panic attacks. And it's like everything that was happening in your life. You don't know where to go. It's like there are so many roads and everything is so important to you, but you don't understand what's happening and you feel like maybe you need to figure it out or or what, I don't know. But there are different causes. And for me, um, it was getting off of medication. We can talk about medication. Mm-hmm. But I wanna talk about, did you feel like you were trying to pick a road? Did you feel like scatterbrained? And like, what do you think caused it? Just so much, just too much to handle life? Yeah, like all, you know the analogy of like a fork in the road and like you can choose like two different paths. So I always saw that. And I, when I had to make decisions, but in that moment, everything just went block. It was like, there was no road, there was no nothing. And it was like, my life was going nowhere. And that's what scared me. Cause I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing? 
with my life. Like I can't see past this moment. And that's really scary. When you think about it, it's like you, you see black. So what does that mean? And so that's where the heart started beating really yeah. fast. And it was just like, am I, like, why am I coaching this team? Why am I going to journalism school? Why am I working for a company that yes. I can't stand? You know, like, why am I doing this? And I try and deduce everything with logic. And when you're going through something like that, you can't. Yeah. You really can't. So I think that's what just, you know, gradually made it worse with every second. So how did you shift your mindset then to understand what your purpose is? Because it all comes down to purpose. Yeah. Figuring out like, okay, I had a panic attack because I need to get my life figured out. But then yeah. it's like maybe shifting your mindset to understand why do I need to get everything figured out? Yeah. Have you had a panic attack since? Yeah, I've had several. Oh. Um, about, you know, like different things. Um, when I finally finished school, uh, I didn't really know where I wanted to go and I think I that's not true I think I did okay. I think I did know where I wanted to go I was just too scared to take the risk so I thought the safest thing to do would be to find a full-time job so I did um and after about three or four months I hated it it was awful it was nothing what I thought it was going to be like and everybody kept telling me just do it for the money do it for the money and I'm like, at one point, it's like money or happiness, pick one, yeah. you know? And I was sacrificing my happiness. And your mental health. And my mental health. And it was just for money. For mm. what? For, for what? So Paper. Exactly. So I eventually left that job. And then I was like, okay, we're back to square one now. Like, what are you going to do? So I found another similar and what, um, what, what kind of job did you pick? It was marketing. And okay, so like an office cubicle job. Exactly. Okay. So then I was like, you know what? Like maybe I can just do um, the same thing, but maybe with something that interests me a little more. So I started working for um, like a really cool swimwear brand okay. doing social media. So I thought, awesome. Which I one can was do this. It? It was um, two sister companies of Body Glove. Okay. So I started and I had a fantastic boss. We got along great. Mm -hmm. um, but then I started to notice the same pattern of the unhappiness starting to come back after a while. And for multiple reasons, all of which included the job itself. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just this particular job that's making me unhappy. You know, maybe it's the structure of the job. Maybe it's, it's something, you know, like the hierarchy, something. Right. Yeah. Right. So that ended. Um, and like right as soon, right around that time, um, I actually decided to go and take a tour at CJD, Bell Media Stations. Nice. Um, with uh, Trudy Mason, who my mom went to high school with. So she was just showing me around and she was like, you know what? If you're really serious about, you know, taking a leap of faith and doing this, I'll introduce you to our program director. He met me for like five minutes and he was like, I need you to send me your demo reel. Uh, I was like, is this, is this real life? Yeah. Right. So, you know, I went through that whole process. To be a reporter. It or... was, it was just to kind of figure out like what I wanted to do. Like he okay. was really putting an emphasis on what do you want to do? I don't want to put you somewhere mm, where amazing. you're not going to be happy. And I was like, oh my God, somebody who gets it. Right. Yeah. So we had a whole conversation and he was like, I want you to do an internship with CJD and TSN. So I was Amazing. like, this is, this is awesome, right? Yeah. And of course, like internships are not paid. So I'm basically going from a full-time job with a salary to nothing. And it really, really freaked me out. And the two weeks leading up to my internship, I cannot tell you how many times I cried and just said to my mom, like, what am I doing, right? Yeah. So when I started doing the internship, that all went away because like your, your brain's kind of occupied, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not really thinking about things. Um, and I, what turned into, was supposed to be a two week internship turned into five. That's five amazing. Weeks. Well, is it, was it good? It was amazing. Okay. It was the best experience of my life. And then two weeks after my internship ended, they called me and they said, we want you to start filling in over the holidays. So that's basically how it, it started for me being a freelancer for them. That's what I think is amazing is when you chase the opportunity and the happiness, everything else will fall into place in the end. Right. I want to know, 
your panic attacks. Yeah. So you've had three. I've had, I think I've had more than that. I think I've had maybe in total since that first time, maybe like four or five. I can't really put my finger on the right number, but and I don't know. do you see like, do you see like a, a pattern? Mm-hmm. So when's the last time that you had a panic attack? I would say about six months ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That seems pretty distant ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Should I've been getting better with them, for and sure. Is there anything that has changed within the last six months? Um, yes. I, I think the thing that changed the most is probably just me over time in that six months, like, really discovering who I am and what makes me happy. Yeah. And, like, I was, I, I don't know, like, the randomest things hit you, right? Like, I was on Instagram, and I followed this one particular girl, and she's really, like hardcore like all about being real with people and she was like if something is not making you happy don't do it like get rid of it and I was like you know what that is so simple so simple but so true and effective man yeah so what did you get rid of so I got I started getting rid of negative people just that's where I started like like your friend group yeah I was just like you know and even family I was like, you just got to get rid of negative people because they're not doing anything beneficial for you whatsoever. So I slowly but surely figured out like who my real friends were, who were really there for me when I was going through all of this crap. How do you figure out then who your real friends are? Who's really got your back? Well, when you're going through something like that and people can see that you're you're different and they can see that you're not yourself. And I remember when I was really open with it, especially on social media, a lot of my friends don't live in the city. They don't live in Montreal. Okay. They live um, in Ottawa or they live in the States and they were all reaching out to me. And they were like, you need something. You tell me. I don't care how far I am. We will Skype. I will drive to you. You you tell me. And I was like, "That's, that's a friend. Like that is somebody you need in your life. Yeah. What, what about the people who don't have friends? What about the people who are struggling alone? Do you yeah. have any advice to give them? I think if you're struggling by yourself, yeah. I think you really just need to look at yourself in the mirror and, and just look at yourself at like the worst point that you've ever been, whether it's like, you know, post panic attack or you're just having a bad day or something and just tell yourself like, what is going on right now? that's making you feel so badly about yourself. Yes. And like that voice in your head is your own voice being so nasty to you. But why? So I feel like you have two voices. You have the voice that's being nasty to you, that's judging you, but you have the higher self, the one that understands what's happening. And Mm -hmm. you always have access to it. Yeah. So like I was telling you, I had my panic attack two weeks ago. And it followed a three-month cycle of me taking medication. Mm -hmm. The medication was Ritalin. Okay, so I have ADHD, and I've never taken medication in my life. Right. I decided, why not just take... I I got diagnosed last year. My doctor walked in for five minutes. I was like, can I I have help? He's like, what do you expect from me? I was like, well, I expect to, like, get some sort of therapy. Maybe you can, like, write up, like, a note for me to go see, like, a... Something. Like, something. So... Because I did research on my own. I heard about Mm. cognitive behavioral therapy. I was like, oh, you know, talking about mindsets and, like, how to restructure, you know, thinking patterns, that could be really useful. So maybe if I go see a doctor who can prescribe... uh, Who can prescribe me... Or what's the thing when you, like, tell someone they have something? Diagnose. Diagnose me with ADHD. Maybe then I can, like, be put on a list for whatever. Yeah. So all of this did not lead to that. It led to a bottle of Ritalin, which is just so sad where we're at with, like dealing with you know yeah uh anxiety and and even to go further our medicare system and what we're doing with that but anyways so i left there with a bottle of ritalin took it for two days a year ago and i was like getting heart heart palpitations and i was like oh this is weird i'm gonna stop Mm -hmm. so then i tried to deal with my own adhd on my own then i just like three weeks ago got bored and i saw because i i struggle with addiction okay a lot of weed a lot of pre-workout but those are light light things it's nothing like chemicals no but I decided to tamper in chemicals so three weeks ago I started taking a Ritalin pill and I was like "Ooh, this is fun I was starting to clean my house I was starting to just like be really clear thinking um so like I would I would do a lot of things I would write a lot of lyrics I would like 
have a lot of energy. I was like, oh, this is really cool. But you take and you take with the consequences. So I was getting weird, weird things that I did not like, like a lot of headaches, Mm -hmm. a lot of heart palpitations, a lot of like sweaty, sweaty hands. Um, Then I started getting even more anxious, believe it or not, because Ritalin makes you anxious. Anyways, so after the three weeks of Ritalin, you know, I couldn't sleep. I was starting to get just really horrible because chemicals is changing your anatomy. Yeah. Chemicals changes the way your brain thinks. And over time... Ritalin can cause things like schizophrenia. It can cause, cause a lot of things. I was at, I was about 1130 at night and I was writing lyrics and all of a sudden exactly what you said happened to you. I swear to God, I'm just writing lyrics. Nothing is like triggering me mm-hmm. except for the fact that my internal voice is saying, you're taking a pill every day. That's pretty bad. Oh my God, you're dependent on a drug. Oh my God, judging, judging, judging. So this judgment that I held for myself, mm-hmm. I think is what caused my own panic attack. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I'm judging and I'm probably writing a lyric about like, oh, you're you're taking a pill, whatever, and probably judging myself. All of a sudden my heart starts beating really fast. I'm alone at night and I'm in my chair. I'm like, oh my God, vision blurred, can't see. I was brought to my knees down and I yelled for my boyfriend. I was like, Justin, he runs out of the room. I'm like, I think I'm gonna die. Like I was so scared. And from then, like, I was, like, never fucking touching a chemical in for the rest of my life. Huh. Then I started doing research about anxiety, panic attacks. Actually, no, I didn't even know it was a panic attack. I was talking to my friend, and he said, I think you had a panic attack. I'm like, what? I had no idea. Then I did research, and I'm like, okay, chemicals can cause panic attacks, withdrawal from chemicals. Mm-hmm. So it had been, like, a week after that that had happened. So all that to say, and I'm, I'm telling this story because it seems like there is a pattern. It seems like your inner voice and what you have going on in your life, the more pressure that you put on yourself, the more judgment that you put on yourself, it seems as though that makes you more anxious, which can literally physically make you ill. Yeah. So, I mean, that's crazy. So yeah, I completely agree. Look in the mirror. Ask yourself, ask your higher self, what is going on for you to be this anxious? Do you hate your job? Quit it. Are you judging yourself because you know that there's something within your control that you can change? Stop taking pills if you don't need it. I was just taking it for fun. Like I'm not saying that um, people who need ADHD medication shouldn't take it. I kind of want to say that <laughs> because I don't think that they yeah. should. But I mean, if you need medication, then you need it. Yeah. But for me, I maybe my approach to the medication was what caused the panic attack. Very well could have been that, for sure. And I think, you know, medication is such like a touchy thing. It is a touchy thing. Especially when it comes to anxiety and depression. Like I knew somebody who was on depression medication and she was always this bubbly fun personality and that's yeah. why we got along so well and the minute she started taking it it was like she was just like one a one note person exactly. the entire time I knew her after that it suppresses that. your personality it's and, insane and that's just like do you really want to live your life like that do you really want to not feel anything and and that's that's what made me decide like I'm not gonna even touch medication when it comes to anxiety and depression. Like yeah. I want as bad as those panic attacks are, and I know you know that, I wanna feel that. Because if I don't feel that, I won't know what my body needs and what my mind needs. Exactly. So I feel like it's really important when you're you're going through this whole process, okay, I've been told I have anxiety and depression, but how am I going to handle it now? Am I going, do I really need the medication? Or is it something that's manageable through, um, I don't even know like what you really call them, but through like steps that you can take, that you can remember to stop yourself. Just mindset work. Yeah, and, that, and that's super hard. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, meditate or what. Like, no, it's so much more than like anything Meditation really could be a first step. But yeah. What What else? What else? How can you work on your mindset? I mean, I think it's you. It's really doing the reps. Like when you're when you're feeling mm, like that. when you're feeling sad, and you know you're like, okay, I'm not at the breaking point, 
but I'm feeling sad. So what steps can I take right now in this moment that I've learned that can make me feel better? And then when you feel better, that's when you can use logic to deduce like, was, was I really being upset over nothing? Or is this something that I have to really think about? That's interesting you know? because when after I had my panic attack and I started doing research, I realized, okay, I don't need the medication. And that was one thing I completely eliminated out of my life. It's been two weeks. I have not had a panic attack. Mm -hmm. But I really do believe it's the medication that caused it. What about for something for someone who isn't taking medication like you, mm -hmm. the day after your panic attack, what are, what's going through your head? What are you deducing to like get to a better spot? Yeah, like I, I don't even know how to describe it other than I was not physically but mentally and emotionally numb i was numb yeah and i was just i i don't know what was going on with me and the funny thing is like we actually had radio the next day our radio class okay and i was like i have to go to school now and be in front of people and be attentive and put like, on your face and, and be like hey guys because like i'm normally like a happy person yeah. so when i'm like you know like it's hard so my mom drove me to school that day and the whole time that I went through that day, I just couldn't get out of that like icky numb feeling like it was going to happen again. It was like I was scared that it was going to happen again. But this time I was far from home. I had no way of getting home and I had one friend around me that could help me. One. And it was just, it's, it's so just, you know, it, that what, gives you anxiety too. You right? know what's crazy is that during the research, there's this thing called... Um, I think it's called like postpartum panic. So you yeah. have the panic of having a panic attack. And so your heart starts beating and you're like, oh shit, fuck shit. I'm going to like get a panic attack right now because yeah. my heart's beating fast. Yeah. So then you could self-induce another panic attack because you're stressed about having a panic attack. It's so fucked up. It's crazy. Like I'm like, how does this so even, stupid. it's so crazy the mind, how the mind works. The mind is so powerful. It though. is. It can control, it can control you. It can control the way you do things. This what you is do. why I'm so against medication because mm -hmm. the minute that you take a pill, you are not in control of yourself anymore. Yeah. The minute that you smoke, and I, I can't believe that I'm saying this because I've been an advocate for weed forever. Mm -hmm. Like my last podcast, I'm like preaching weed, but I am saying this now because just for my podcast listeners, I grow with each podcast. So I'm sure that I, con I contradict myself from five podcasts ago. Okay, whatever. But the minute that you inhale anything, like, like, you're not you, you cannot think clearly because there's a substance that is clouding your judgment. So I sincerely believe, sincerely believe that if you need to do work on yourself, it needs to be with a clear head. But I'm not a doctor. And if you really yeah. do need medication. For sure. And so. that, it's, it's funny you bring that up because that is one of the reasons that like, I'm not, it's going to sound very conservative mm -hmm. when I say this, but I, I am not a person who is for weed. I'm not, I've done it before. And I've experienced whatever it's like. And yeah. I know that like almost everybody I know does it. But I'm just super against it. How come? Because I think it just, I don't know. Like I think I've always had this stigma behind it. Like my parents were very much like anti drugs. So that's for sure your filter. So that, yeah, that's definitely it. My yeah. parents were very conservative in that respect. And then, you know, when I grew up, I obviously I formed my own opinions and everything. And a lot of things that they taught me... I didn't, some of the things I didn't agree with, but that one always stuck with me. And I'm just like, nope. And that might also be because I have anxiety and I know that if, if I start to have, cause it's happened before, if I've had a panic attack or I feel anxious and I'm also smoking weed, it makes it 10 times yeah. worse to try and control it. And it's happened before where I can't control it cause I'm not in my right mind. Yeah. Cause you're not in your right mind. Yeah. And then you lose it and you're like, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to but have... But you weren't in front of the wheel. Right. This is the thing, though. For people who struggle with anxiety and depression, it's almost like you choose your your vice, right? Mm -hmm. So I struggle also with depression, like feeling good. Yeah. So when I smoke weed, I have laughs that have never existed in my normal mind. Yeah. In my sober mind. Right. So I use the weed to literally feel happier. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, okay, why are you not feeling happy in your sober mind? Why don't you do the work in the... And like figure it out, figure your, you know, build the foundation without it and then use weed as the accessory to make you happy when you, when you want it. Yeah. 
Man, it's crazy. I think the hardest thing for me is the the judgment that comes from outside for for both anxiety and depression. It it's it's honestly it's so challenging to try and get people to just understand and you know, it's you it's very easy to say, "Well, I have a support system, they get it." I have a support system too. They don't always get it. Do you know how long it took me to be able to convince my mom, my dad, my boyfriend, or whoever, you know, my friends were okay, but it was really like my circle, my really close circle who didn't get it at first. And I had to go to therapy and learn tips in order to tell them to cope with you. Yeah. This is how you need to, it sounds dumb, but this is how you need to deal with me when I'm going through all this. And you know, a lot of times, um, I'll get the comment like, you're not really feeling that like, oh, like you that's don't, the worst. you're not really, you're not really sad. You you're know, just I'm upset stre- about this. I'm stressed out too. You're not really depressed. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's like, or, or the, the classic, everybody has anxiety. That's life. No, no. Oh, that gets under my skin. Like no. you have no idea. There's a difference between like having anxiety because you're challenging yourself in your own life and suffering from, from a panic attack that yeah. brings you to your knees. That's right. That's right. And I think the major problem with me, in, at first anyway, was that I couldn't identify my own emotions. So that's why I was having the panic attacks because I was like, am I sad? Am I, am I crazy? Am I, like, what, what's going on? And over time, like you learn the signs like, okay, I'm feeling this way. It's probably because I'm sad. I'm feeling this way. It's probably because I'm angry. And it helps you deal with whatever situation you're going through. Yeah. But a lot of times, like when I was very open with the fact that like I never learned how to feel sad, how to feel angry, like I didn't know how to recognize it. So whenever I had a panic attack, people would tell me, well, you can't feel your emotions. So what do you know what's going on? And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, this is why I'm depressed or this is why I'm anxious. Like, and it's really frustrating and it causes like screaming matches, Yeah. you know, and it's like, and then you look at yourself and you're like, well, were they right? Like you start to second guess yourself, yeah. which is also a huge problem. Um, one of the things that I'm worried about is being too in my head when any of these episodes come up, when I'm going through a period, because we were talking before the podcast, how you go through periods and like waves of either depression or anxiety. There could be one day even that I'm just like super, super anxious. And I'm like, okay, today I'm just not going to go to the gym or something because yeah. it's too much to handle or like, oh, I'm super depressed and oh, it's leading into the next day and you go through waves and waves and waves. What worries me is staying in my own bubble mm-hmm. and making life about myself. So do you, what's the difference between being selfish and healing yourself mm-hmm. and getting out there and like forgetting about the fact that you're suffering, like stop being the victim. What is that fine balance? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's different for everybody because I think it really is based on your personality. Yes. Because like I'm not a selfish person and I'm a very selfless person. I will yeah. always put myself ahead of other people. So I'm, I'm that person that if I have to cut somebody out of my life, it'll take me so long to do it because I will feel so bad about how the other person is feeling versus what I should be thinking is... Are you not happy? Then let them go. Like, yes. what, what is it? They're not doing anything beneficial for you. Let them go. Yeah. And it's hard for me to, like, wrap my brain around that half the time because I'm always busy trying to please other people. But I'm talking more about, like, so I'm thinking about the times that I've struggled from depression and how that manife- manifests in me mm-hmm. is I'll close myself off from people and I'll be like, you need to heal now. You need to do work. You need to read books. You need to watch videos. You need to write. You need to stay in your bubble and lift yourself up. So that, that could be like, you know, me secluding myself and trying to heal. But then again, then it like snowballs into like, always. Okay, now, now I'm being selfish. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in my own thoughts. Now I'm judging other people. So yeah, I think it's a personality thing because when I spend too much time alone, yeah. I become a different person and I actually need to see and be with people to like mm-hmm. not think about myself yeah. and judge myself and like, yeah. Yeah. See, like I'm afraid of doing that, like being like too close off. That's why when I start to see something, I will go 
to somebody and like try and talk to them okay because if I close myself off I know what's gonna happen I know it's gonna snowball and I know that it's just gonna it could go off in a tailspin so yeah like I think it depends on like the type of person that you are and how you choose to deal with things but I also think that if you're if you're really suffering from it even if it's just like a little bit like you you have to talk to somebody do you ever see people in your daily life who struggle with this oh yeah 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 and I mean, like, it's not always easy to, like, spot people. That's the thing. Right? And I think, like, a lot of people look at me, like, even at work. Like, they'll look at me and they're like, really? Like, you suffer from that? And I'm like, I know. I know. It doesn't look like I would, but, yeah, I do. And I go through my bouts with it. And there, I could come to work one day with a big smile on my face, but inside I'm dying. You know? And, like, it has happened. Or you know, you're, you're going, you have a really big opportunity, you're a really big meeting. And it just so happens that that day, you're not, you you feel like crap. Yeah. And you got to fake it. And it's, it's so hard. Do you have to fake it though? Oh oh yeah. Do you? Cause I disagree. Well, I think, I think you do only because sometimes it helps in the short term. I don't think it's a long-term solution, but I think it helps in the short term because it can get you through whatever you have to get through through the day, and then you deal with it when you have time to deal with it. And then maybe that's just me because I'm scared of, like, the first time when I had a panic attack, it was in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. I'm scared that's going to happen again, so that's how I deal with it. I don't think it's the best way it's to like deal with managing. it. like I'm managing. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, like, if I had an emotion, I know what you mean, like, let that emotion pass for the greater good of maybe the meeting or the opportunity. Let that Mm -hmm. emotion pass. But I, right now in this moment of time, and I don't know if it's right either, but this is how I'm dealing with it. If an emotion affects me negatively, I will bring it to light and then take it away. So like I need to deal with it Mm -hmm. so that it can pass because if I let it sit under the surface, it's going to bubble up and fucking explode. So I need to bring it to lay and then let it go. So for instance, this happened yesterday actually. Um, somebody made me feel like they judged me for like whatever. Bringing, we went to a family event mm-hmm. and I brought my own food. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, oh, some people would think that that's rude bringing your own food. And I'm like, first of all, I'm an athlete. I eat every half an hour. It would be extremely rude of me to come over to your house and eat all of your food. I am hungry. If I'm bringing my own food, that's respectful to you because I eat like a freaking machine and don't judge me for putting a toast in my mouth. Okay. But so, so I could have let all of these feelings, I could have bottled them up and be like, fine, just judge me. It's fine. But at this point in my life right now, I needed to bring it up. And I was like, why are you judging me? I would like to know why you're placing so much judgment. And it created this big explosion. Mm -hmm. But it's it's because otherwise I would have struggled inside and I don't deserve that for me right now. Yeah. So I will show you that what you're doing and placing judgment, it's not okay. Yeah. And I'll stand up for that and tell you that I'm allowed to eat my freaking piece of toast. (laughs) For sure. Okay. But at the same time, I stole a moment. I stole what could have just been a nice moment for everyone and I made it about me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, do you stand up for yourself and for how you're feeling and for like what's right because you should not be judging other people for how they want to eat or do you bottle up these emotions and let let yourself suffer for the greater good? This is the biggest struggle in my life right now. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't I th- know what to do. I mean, I think... I think- yeah, me, I, I always stand up for myself. Like if, if let's say if I'm on the radio with somebody and I'm talking to somebody like on the air that's in person. Because that's li- live. Yeah, that's live. And like if somebody texts in something completely stupid and says that like I'm terrible, I don't know anything, I will address that. Just like I will address somebody in person. I'm very much like you. I... I eat, I would say, every, like, three hours. Like, I'm on a strict meal plan. I just eat all the time. Right. <laughs> so if I go somewhere and I know that I have to stick to a certain diet and somebody makes a comment because it has happened before, I clap back at them. I'm like, what do you care? Like, does it affect you? No? Move on. Like, I, Move on. It, it's in, I'm in that mindset when things like that happen because I don't like when people judge me for anything. Just, like, I've learned to not judge people for every little thing that they do. Because you don't know what that person's going through. Exactly. Right? So I think it's it's kind of the same thing. I think... 
But then that can get weird though. Because yeah. look, yesterday I judged her for judging me. I was like, wow, she's so judgmental. But then that's a judgment. But the, exactly. So, so it's, it's like, like you can't win in that situation. Like my brain can't get deeper than that. It's like who's placing the right judgment? And is there mm-hmm. is there a right judgment or is there judgment that, that serves a purpose? Like for instance, oh, genocide, genocide is wrong. Well, that's me judging, but that's mm-hmm. the right. Like I'm on the right side of history. Well, right, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, but who am I to say that I'm right in that? remark evil and good well mm-hmm. it's obvious it's subjective but it's subjective yeah it's really weird yeah it's i i don't know it's it's very crazy what it comes yeah it's like that what it comes down to for me is i will make the comment if this this bottling up is going to affect me on my own time mm-hmm. that's what i'll do i'll make the comment so i don't know man Wh- what would you what would you like to say for people struggling with depression I mean, like, if you're if you're somebody who can can tell, like, you have signs that you might be, mm-hmm. um, and you're at the very beginning stage, I would say the most important thing is to acknowledge those feelings and find help. Because if you don't find help and you continue on the path of feeling the way that you do without dealing with it... What are the signs? Well, I mean, like, when I first started feeling the signs, I wasn't sad all the time. I was manic. So I was up and down and up and down and sad and happy and, you know, any like little thing that would make me happy, I would make it like this huge deal and I would make, it would make me so happy, but then like somebody would make a stupid comment Ooh. and it would, I would drop, oh. you know? So I, I feel like that, that was one of my I'm signs. like that though. <laughs> like yeah. that's my personality. <laughs> me too. Cause like, I'm like, oh my God, like this person said I did a great job today. And then like the next day I could go to work and somebody would be like, oh, well you could have done this differently. And then I'll go and I'll yeah. go right down again. And it's, it's like about managing that. But I think when you, if you're somebody who's like that, or even if you are sad and it's like one particular thing that's constantly making you sad every day yeah. to the point where it's affecting your entire life. That, that's also a symptom and I really think that you need to reach out for help and even if it's just like you know telling somebody who's really close to you and and entrusting that person with your feelings yeah you know like or going going to see a therapist there's nothing wrong with that everyone seems to think like oh I'm crazy or I'm broken yeah. no you're you're asking for help you're actually stronger than you think you are yeah so I would say like that would be my advice is just talk because if you talk it out to somebody it's going to help you feel better. And I I know that it creates a lot of tension in relationships because Justin and I, um, when I was going through a really difficult episode of depression, I was, I felt very judged by him because Mm -hmm. I was spending a lot of time in bed. I was spending a lot of time um, upset, but depressed and sad and always crying. And he would ask me things and I'd be like, I don't want to talk about it. And he wouldn't understand. And then I would blow up and I'd be like, can you just do research? Can you just do research? You don't understand. Just Google how to deal with someone who's depressed. You never understand. You never take me seriously. You do this, you do that. And then I would put so much blame on him mm-hmm. and I would keep telling him, just do research. You don't understand how to deal with me. No, 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 I'm fucking going through something. I'm depressed. It's a mental illness. You don't get it. You don't think it's real, like serious yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then finally it clicked and he did research. And then I was going through an episode and I was like, I was just like crying and I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I just don't feel like you care about me. Sometimes I just feel like you don't take me seriously. And I was like really attacking his character. Yeah. But what's amazing about understanding and being with someone who's, who's depressed or whatever is when you do research about it, he spoke to me after and and I, I told him, I'm like, Justin, I'm so sorry about saying those things about you, eh? I don't think that you're like that at all. He's like, oh, I know. I'm like, what? He's like, I did research, and it says that when someone's going through a depressed a depressed episode, yeah. they'll attack your personality, but they won't mean it. So understand that and be there for them. And that knowledge strengthened our relationship because I was like, oh, my God, you did research about I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. And he understood yeah. because he did research. So it's like... If you're struggling with a a mental illness, please be vocal to the ones around you about doing research because they, you can help them help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would definitely say like, 
in the last three years that I've been with my boyfriend, there's been countless times where it's been a strain on our relationship. And I know that. But instead of, unlike you, instead of like kind of projecting it onto him, I took it all on myself and I made myself the bad guy. And that makes you feel worse. And I don't know that he had done any research on it or he kind of just like tried to figure out how to deal with me on his own. Um, but we all go through, you know, our our back and forth of, of how we deal with things. And eventually we found something that works whenever I'm going through it. And what are the tips if you can share? Maybe it'll help us. You yeah. know, maybe it'll help another couple. Well, I know that when when I'm going through something and like if I'm in bed like shaking, crying because that's happened before, he'll literally just hold me and tell me like it's going to pass. It's going to mm. pass. It's, he's very um, sentimental in that way and he's very soft in that way. And that's actually quite soothing, you know, and my mom has done the exact same thing and it, it works. It really works. And I think it's just because I, I just need somebody in that moment. Like I'm just somebody who really just like needs a person in that moment to just be there for me until it passes. Yeah. And then once it does, they, they always tell me, you want to talk about it? That's fine. Leave it up to you. And then, and then normally I will, but if I don't, then I don't. And then we move on and it's it's fine. So I would say like if, if you're with somebody who is going through something like yeah. that, you have to kind of almost learn on your own. Like your boyfriend did yeah. research or or just I was like, please. Yeah, like do something. Help me. Um, but, yeah. but like react. Like react. I think that's the most important thing is just to react in whatever way you can. Because it's gonna help. And it is subjective. You need something different yeah. than what I need, yeah. you know? When you're going through an anxiety period, mm -hmm. what's the hardest thing? Like not a panic attack, but mm -hmm. like just general anxiety. Do you live with it all the time? I mean, I think sometimes I would say yes and sometimes I would say no because I try to suppress it a lot. Okay. And I think that when you do that, it makes it worse. But yeah, because I'm, I remember in journalism school or in any freaking presentation aspect yeah when we're sitting in a circle and then you're like okay seven people away until I talk six people away mm -hmm. five people away oh my god let this stop let this stop and your heart's like beating really fast the more that you try to ignore the fact that it's beating really fast mm -hmm. the more it's going to attack you yeah. for, for me anyways yeah. so the more vocal I am about it like okay there's two people away there's one person away I can't even hardly breathe <sighs> Okay, it's my turn. Well, the first thing I'm going to say to get over it is, okay, sorry guys, <sighs> I'm really nervous about this. Yeah. Even just stating that, it's almost like you just brought it up to the surface, expelled it from your body, and now you can speak. But if you're like, well, the first thing I want to talk about is the orange cup, like, yeah. and, you're, and you're actually trying to like divert people away from your real struggles, it's yeah. like... The more open you are, the more liberated you will be to just be fully in who you are. And that's why I talk about it because I feel like when you do or when I do, then I, it's like I, it's like word vomit. Like I just get it out and it's like out, it's gone and then boom. Yeah. But then there are other times where I kind of like chicken out of it and like I, that's why I suppress it because I don't feel like I can talk about it, especially if it's something like very big in my life and it's I feel like it's really important and I don't always feel like I can say something because I don't know how people are going to react that's the thing it's the judgment it is it's 100% the judgment it's hard to deal with yeah yeah and it's I mean and that's why I say like somebody who's going through that like don't just automatically assume that they're sad all the time you know like don't judge somebody you they need help and you may be that one person that can help them so don't be so hard on other people have you ever had a, a moment where you were judged like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I, because I'm very into fitness too. Oh. And What do you um, do? You do like... I'm more like a bodybuilder type okay. style of lifting. So I was actually going to be prepping to compete. And I, I don't know how I did this, but I was so strict on it. Lifting, eating what yeah. I needed to eat, cardio. Yeah. And... Before I got to like the, the point of no return when it came to that, people would always judge me. Like they will look at me and they will be like, well, why are you doing this? Like, you know, you don't have to do this, right? And like, you know, you don't have to bring your own food. And like, it's kind of rude. And like, you don't have to, 
you know, go to the gym every you day. You don't have like, to you put yourself through all Yeah, this. and I'm like, you know what? It's I not like, up to you. I like it, though. Like, yeah. I like it. You just don't get it. That I really like it. Yeah, like, leave me alone. And then, see, the point that I'm trying to make here is that when all of this came to an end, like, I actually developed a sort of an eating disorder because I went way too hard and I had probably the worst person on the planet prepping me to do this. I got down to 105 pounds and I was about 8% body fat. So when I came out of that and I reversed diet and I got a lot healthier, I was around 125 pounds and and I was feeling better about myself, then those same people, instead of being like, you know what, good for you for getting out of that, they would turn around and be like, oh, do you remember that time when like you weren't eating? And do you remember that time when you did this, that? And I'm like, and those people still do that today. And I'm like, can you let it go? Like, how important are my struggles to your life yeah. that you constantly have to bring them up? That's ridiculous. It's, it's so ridiculous. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm done with you. And that's, that's what and I just decided. those are the people that you cut out. That I'm like, either that I have cut off or that I'm slowly trying to just like back away from because those people are just negative yeah. and they're, they're not going to help me in the, in the long term because yeah. they're just not going to change their mindset about judging me for me so goodbye no that's amazing yeah and whenever judgment does happen now it's gotten to a very weird place for me um and I don't know if it's like I'm trying to do research on it see I'm always doing research on it to understand myself better and to understand others better but like if someone will place judgment on me it's almost like I immediately reflected on them and I'm and I judge them for judging me but it's not good it's not good so let's say that like, uh, oh, um, for instance, I was at the gym and I was videoing myself doing a lift, okay? Mm-hmm. And the person, a girl was like, oh, Fiona, you always film yourself. And okay, so I had two personalities. I was like, on one side, I was like, yeah, I really like filming myself. On the other side, I was like, oh, she's so fucking annoying. Why doesn't she just let me film myself? So what came out was... And I told her, I'm like, yeah, because I really enjoy it. I really like filming myself. And it was a nice comment in a very, like, matter-of-fact way. And it just shut her up right away because what could she say? I like filming myself. You're going to disagree with what I like? Yeah. It makes no sense. But on the other hand, I'm like, now I'm judging her for judging me. I'm like, interesting. Why doesn't she like it when I film myself? I'm like, hmm, does she wish she could be more confident? I'm like, hmm, does she not like it when other girls get attention over her? But then it creates another snowball of judgment because the judgment that she just placed on me, I'm now judging her for judging me. I'm like, yeah. now I'm looking at you like, oh, you judge for that. Yeah, it's a vicious circle. It's a horrible circle. Mm-hmm. And now all this research that I'm doing about judgment is having me judging people more now. Because yeah. I'm like, look at them doing this, look at them. But I'm not trying to judge i'm just trying to understand judgment yeah it's like understanding judgment without actually being the first first person attacking it's like the third person it's like okay judgment exists but now we are looking from the third person and we are seeing the judgment happen yeah am i weird was that weird but yeah so i think no but i think that's totally i think that's actually how everybody thinks they just don't analyze it as much as we are right now yes but I think that happens to literally everybody every day. Every day. I wish that we could stop judging each other. But I don't think that it's possible. It's not I, possible. It's not possible. No. Because everything that we do, this nail polish you have, this royal, royal blue, that was a judgment call. Yeah. That was a judgment. This yeah. shirt, the, these leggings that I chose to wear that are going to give me camel toe in this episode. <laughs> this was a judgment call. You know, like every act that we do comes from judgment. But it's like... There's good judgment and there's bad judgment. Yeah. And I really, if we could like close this episode off with anything, is I believe that both depression and anxiety are stemmed from judgment. Yeah, whether it's from other people or on yourself. Or on yourself. Absolutely. Because the panic attack that I had was, I believe, induced from self-judgment. And the depression that I have is always coming back when I'm in my own circle alone judging myself for whatever the fuck yeah so that's that sorry that was a revelation I'm like holy shit judgment is the fucking bad judgment bad Bad judgment. judgment yeah is the problem for anxiety and depression for me 
And, and I think, like, wow. even for me, like, now that you say that, I think that's totally it. Because I I am such a perfectionist, and a lot of people are. But I, I, every little thing, it's like, oh, no, Alex, you're wrong. Alex, you're wrong. Like, that's what constantly comes back into my head. So, yeah, you're probably right. It probably just stems from judgment. judgment from and But even from society, too. Putting yeah, all dude. these things in your head, yeah, like, this dude. is what you need to be doing. Yeah, and, dude. So that's why we need more people who are promoting less judgment. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Through whatever means. Through, like social media through songs through whatever well yeah like if, if somebody posts like on your picture and leaves some stupid comment about the way that you look or the way that you dress it's like maybe that person is just so unhappy with themselves and maybe they this is their way of reaching out to you because they need help yup okay i have a couple of questions to close off the podcast yes um for the person who is going to give up on their dreams and i ask this question because um, this podcast, you know, happened when I was in a depressed mode and I wanted to give up on my biggest dreams. So I want to know what you, what advice would you give either to yourself or to someone else to not give up on their dreams? I would just say that, you know, you, you have a vision of what you want to do. And clearly if it's your dream, it's something that you've really invested so much thought in. You got to find a way to fight through everything that you're feeling everything that you're feeling and you got to find a way whatever way that is you got to just think to yourself like I- i've got this like literally say it to yourself like yeah. you know what girl I've got, I've got this i've got, I've this. got this like it just and, and you know what when you when you convince yourself that you can do something you're gonna do it and when your self-talk is that positive and yeah. that it becomes so yeah. powerful and, and there's no way that you cannot do something if yeah. you just tell yourself You've got this, you're going to kill it today, and you're going to come out of that meeting or out of that audition or whatever, and you're going to feel so good about yourself. And then once that starts, it'll start snowballing, and then eventually you'll get to where you want to be, 100%. Oh, I like that. Okay, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? (laughs) Oh my god, that's so hard. Um... I would probably say invisibility. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes I'm just like, you know when you you see certain situations or you can see certain situations happen, you're like, I wish I was a fly on the wall. Yeah. And I'm just like, I I wish I could be a fly on the wall. So if I was invisible, I could literally walk into a room and like be like in the situation, be like, oh my God, like I can firsthand see what's going on. I feel like that would be so cool. I think that's interesting because that means that you're really interested in raw, authentic human behavior. Yeah. Because we all put on these faces Mm -hmm. and they're not real. So you want to get to the real, the juice, whether it be like drama or like... Yeah, like what is this person really like? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay. The most important question of them all. Oh, throw it at me. What is the meaning of life? Happiness. Yeah. Honestly, I think think if you find your true happiness, not just happiness your true happiness I think you can be unstoppable and I think you will truly find the reason that you were put on this earth and I think that whatever it is whether you make money off of it or whether you don't I love that you said that I feel like it just just do it and find that true happiness and it will help you find out who you are and then you'll truly be free free to live your true self I love that girl. Yeah. Damn, that's it. Okay, we're closing it out. Peace, lions. You can follow Alex on all her socials. Alex Sheila. Yeah, on Instagram. And then I'm at She's A Rob on Twitter. Ooh, ooh. See you next week, guys, for the next episode. Peace out. <laughs>